Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. want to welcome the community back once again for another should i say exciting episode of the only three lads podcast where each and every week we get to hang out and talk about the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999 uh just one again we had a huge month last month and so we're building this month and uh who knows well maybe another record month this this uh month what do you say brett vargo it's down to all of you third lads out there. Yes. Make our wildest dreams come true. Yeah, I was at an event last night, and a lot of people were talking about this podcast, that they actually listened to it. And I'm like, well, thank really? you. Yes. You weren't just at any event, though. No, I was at my uh, high school reunion, one of my upper ones. So it was wonderful. And how many years is that? Uh, up your ass or up <laughs> your nose with a rubber hose. Um, 35th. 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 1988. Woo! Yep. I'm months, if not weeks, away from gray pubes. And so, not happy about it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. 35 years, though. Does it feel yeah. like time's just flown? Like, I had my 30th last year. I didn't go to it, but I had it. You, you know what I'm shocked is that 2023 is almost over. Yeah. I mean, it, like, this year went by zippity doo dah. 2024 is going to be just a, a, a poop show, as they say. And so, uh, let's get ready for that one because presidential election year. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be every, every time you turn on the boob tube, it's going to be he's a spawn of Satan. He voted to kill puppies, you know, and then it's going to be like the next commercial will be. Who's that guy? Saved. He's my man. Yeah, he's saved. And then, you know, how like all the politicians, they're talking and all, like this diverse group of people are looking at them, shaking their heads like, wow, I've never heard any of this crap before. It's blowing my mind. This is, uh, it drives me crazy. And then Ice-T comes out with his song, Puppy Killer. It's no good. It's exactly. no good, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, there you go. Oh, by the way, I'm Uncle Greg. Um, a big, exciting show this week. And we do, we're counting. We have letters. Brett, why don't you explain what our topic is this week? So back in episode 151, we had the very titillating topic of four-letter words, that is, song titles comprised of a single four-letter word. So we are going to one-up that episode this time for five-letter words. New and improved. New and improved. So our third lad today is someone who we can describe with a slew of five-letter words. The first one is comic, as he is an acclaimed New York area stand-up comedian with a new special called Don't Let Me Down, which hits YouTube on November 9th. The second five-letter word is write as a writer for True TV's wildly popular and wildly hilarious show, Impractical Jokers. The third is podcast, which I can't finish because that would be more than five exactly. letters. But he co-hosts the very entertaining and very popular podcast, Comes a Time, with legendary bassist 
Oteil Burbridge from the Allman Brothers, Dead and Company, among others, which is one of our great sibling podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network. So it is with great pleasure that we introduce Mike Fenoya to Only Three Lives. Welcome, I would Mike. have to say that my five-letter word is thank oh. you guys for having me on this podcast. That's a very good five-letter word. You see, he's a comic. He's quick. It's like, he, and he is. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Mike. I don't know how you do it. Okay, Renaissance man. I don't know where we begin with you. So I guess, first of all, tell us about the new comedy special. Oh, God. Thank you so much, Renaissance man. <clears throat> that was sweet. Um, the new special... It's called Don't Let Me Down, and I recorded it in May at a beautiful uh, theater in Connecticut called the Fairfield Theater Company. Um, I got to see Jonathan Richmond from The Modern Lovers there. Sweet. Oh, um, wow. Zappa plays Zappa. A lot of great music, and it's an independent, uh, member-funded theater, and it's a little black box room, about 200 seats. Had such a great time doing it. It came to about an hour after all the edits and stuff. So 800 pound gorilla is my label and it's currently on their website on a pay what you want model. Okay. Um, just cause I did it myself and it's one of those, I don't have the industry banging down my door to make a half a million dollar Netflix special. So <laughs> I did it all myself yet. yet. Yes. I stress yet. Thank you. So, and then on November 9th, it goes live for free on my YouTube channel, which is the model i guess we're kind of going with these days where you put out your material you know for free or donation i guess which is hard for me to ask i'm not a very good self-promoter and then you try to get the clicks and the likes and all of that so the clubs will book you so you can go out and uh, do live shows and get to know your crowd that way i'm very happy with the special um i've worked with a bunch of great people to put it together it's a culmination of material that <clears throat> I was going to record one in September of 2020, but oops. Uh, yeah, everybody. Had, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So whatever material I could still use from that, because some of that stuff, you know, I, I, I look at it like BC and AV. So like before COVID and after vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> and there was some stuff that just doesn't work. Like some of the material was just like, that's a whole other world now. So what I kept, I kept, and then I added a bunch of new stuff. And uh, it's fun to put it out and start anew, you know, like going out on the road and kind of having no material and building from scratch. It's fun. And it like kicks you right back down to year one, you know. So it's a fun process. And uh, I really hope everybody clicks it and enjoys it and uh, shares it with their friends and stuff. So for sure. Yeah, Thank Mike, you. Yeah. Mike, you know, I totally understand what you're saying. Cause like all the nose breathing jokes just don't work anymore. Like they used to prior to 2020. <laughs> it's, you know, it's are there any outdated true. COVID jokes you want to uh, use us as a test audience on? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. Well, no, you know, it was kind of funny. was like, I remember coming back to do my first show after the pandemic. And I did a um, drive-in movie theater in Cape Cod. Mm. And we were literally like, everyone had to stay in their cars. It was still like heat of COVID. Like yeah. you showed up in your car, you had to test two, three times and stay away from everybody, bring your own microphone. And then you get up on stage and you do material to cars. 
So like if they like it, they beep or flash their high beams. And wow, jeez. Oh, so I'm doing crowd where I'm like, oh, this guy's got a headlight out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, that type of shit. But I would be like, oh, I was in the airport the other day. And then that was just always a go to setup for some, you know, social commentary on like, you know, someone picking their ass in public or whatever. So <laughs> I would go, oh, I was in the airport the other day. And then I realized like, no, I wasn't like if I was in the airport, I'd be arrested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, and it's akin to all of what my existence was based around, like with the impractical Joker stuff too. Like, you know, like that show was based on grab a fry off someone's plate, put your straw in someone's drink, like put your nose on a guy. Then you, if you did that during the pandemic, you'd, you'd be tased. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it all kind of in all worlds, it's like, oh my God, like, am I going to be able to do any of this anymore? And, uh, we were resilient and we came back and it was interesting when the clubs came back. I remember the comedy cellar, we had a, um, plexiglass, like the stage almost looked like a penalty box <laughs> and you'd get in it and we would do stand up behind, it was like the Pope mobile and <laughs> everyone was rusty and the lights were just so that the reflection off the plexiglass was like a distorted, like garbage pail kid version of me looking back at me bombing. And it's like, boy, that was really an ego crusher. Oh, you know? Like it's hard enough to <laughs> suck, but then like your distorted view of you is looking back at you. And it's like, this is not going to be easy. As if doing standup wasn't putting yourself out there and being vulnerable enough. Right. I know. I know. But you know what? It's come back, you know, bigger and better than ever. And, uh, it's weird. I mean, people are still getting it and it's, but it's, you know, it seems like a whole lifetime ago. Yeah. So to be able to put this special out long, very long back to the beginning here is, uh, it means a lot because we all hit a very dicey patch there where it's like, what am I <laughs> after this? You know? Yeah. So to be able to come in, come back out and self-produce something and be really like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the material. I don't use that word you know, much, but I'm happy with this, the way it came out, the way it looks and the way it sounds. And I wouldn't change a thing. Now, I do see the benefit in having a tomato deflector in front of you, though. Mm hmm. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm all for the plexiglass. Yeah, but I think it's pretty cool that he did a set in Radiator Springs. I think that would be kind of something <laughs> I would put right on the top of my resume because I think that's pretty cool doing it with cars. I mean, I could see where like you couldn't feel the energy of the crowd. So you definitely would have to be, but that would be a good way to work that craft. I think it's pretty weird. Yeah, for sure. I felt, yeah, when we came back, I almost felt like, uh, was Jeff Healy in, in, uh, at the double deuce yeah. <laughs> with the, uh, you know, chicken wire fence yeah. around, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, it's good to be, you know, now I'm hitting the road every weekend and uh, back to it, you know? It's tough to tell with cars, too, whether they're laughing or heckling you. That's what we said. We were like, high beam, if you know what I'm talking about. And they would high beam. And then if they if they if they honked their horn, it was almost kind of like a heckle, you know? Yeah, man. We were doing shows on the rooftops of places in New York. We were doing shows at the parking lots of diners, fields behind hotels. It was really kind of interesting to see like how the comedy world like adapted and still somehow figured out how to flourish, you know? I mean, not flourish, but do shows. I mean, and then there were the clubs that were like, in no way do I mean this politically or whatever. I don't care what anybody believes. But there were places that were just like, ah, screw the pandemic. We're just going to do shows if you want to come do them. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we had to pick our battles and all that. And But it was neat to see 
there were some clubs that just appeared, you know, and they thrive now. And we all figured out how to do it. We had like legends like Bill Burr and Dave Attell and Brian Regan and Roy Wood, all these guys like doing comedy literally in like the parking lot of like hotels in Fairfield, Connecticut. Man. It was just amazing. Like these people who live there are like looking out their back window and there's like Bill Burr like working on an hour. It's just wild, you know? Yeah, we had to adapt and I think we did okay. I've done stand up in the past. And so nice. I know how it is like when you get up on stage, especially like I'm the last time I did it, I had a good set and then I was like, okay, I'm good for now. Um, but it definitely takes <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot to go out there because you're talking about bombing and you know when you're bombing. I bombed in Laughlin and I still, that has set me back because I remember doing that and then it was like, I don't want to go up. So every time I go up, you know, like you're, your emotions and your nerves are up and then you go up there and you get that first laugh and then you're just talking to people. Ah, you played for eight geriatrics, I'm sure, in Laughlin. Don't use no, that as a reflection. It was a Navy crowd. Oh, was, was it? Yeah, oh. and, Ooh, and I was crowd. telling, uh, yeah, it was not good. So, it, but it was an experience. You know, I was talking to a young comic the other day at, uh, I forget, was I in Indiana? Maybe Helium in Indy this young comic came up and he was like, yeah, I'm four, four days in or whatever. I just did my first open mic and I love it. And he's like, do you have any advice at all? And I'm not good at giving advice. You know, I was like, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Just keep doing it. I guess, you know, like you're a, you're a baby, you're an infant, like you're a newborn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, he goes, how did you know that this was what you wanted to do? And I'm like, I hated every job I ever had. And this is the only job where I want more work. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I enjoy going up and bombing now because I know that's just like the planting the seeds for something that'll hopefully grow to something big, you know, another joke. Right. Like all my jokes start shitty. So can I swear on this? I apologize. You can. I... Yes, please. Okay. Go for it. You just yeah, did, my... kid. We it's encourage all it. <laughs> all my jokes stink in the beginning and, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see them sort of maturate and grow and become friends with other jokes and kind of end up hanging out together and... I don't know. It's neat. It's a fun process. And uh, I never enjoyed work. I would come up with any excuse to not go to work. And now it's like, I don't care if it's a blizzard, if it's COVID, whatever, like I'm working, like I want work. I got to be on stage. So it's a, it's a nice feeling to feel. And then people really do appreciate it, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that's been cool is people have been coming out in droves, like afterwards, like clubs are selling good tickets now. And it's like a double-edged butter knife. That's what I always call it, you know? <laughs> well, Mike, with this new generation of comics, what is like the big hack joke now? You know, like everyone had a Christopher Walken impression or everyone, oh, uh, I was at the airport. I was on a plane and I got Take my wife, please. Take my wife, please. What's, uh -huh. the, what's the new like hack that everyone goes to? Oh, geez. I don't know. I mean, I think like identify jokes now are kind of a little bit mm, yeah. like people oh, yeah. identify like it's just a, it's kind of like a parachute. Like you could just pull it and go identify as a coffee table. I identify as a I think a lot of people use that, which I don't know, though. I mean, there are funny. I mean, I have one. I have an identified joke, but um, I think there's a lot of, you know, COVID jokes got pretty old after COVID. Uh, you know, I mean, if unless your stuff is funny, like politics is just now so damn oh, divisive yeah. and down the middle and, you know, it's really brutal. So it's hard to say because life literally changed in 2020 with the with p the pandemic that like yet you were we were stuck at home. So we started writing about home things or whatever, you know, and that was kind of like more hacky 
five years ago or whatever, yeah. right? Like my wife, this, my wife, that. Well, I had to get to know my wife again. So it was kind of like, you know, Uh-oh. that <laughs> stuff was like. Did you like her? Yeah. Yes, actually, okay, good. I did. Good. And luckily, she liked me. We just celebrated 11 years together. Hey, so. congratulations. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's hacky, I guess anything could be. It's all on the, you know, the quality of the joke. But yeah. I think right now it's kind of like a, there's a lot of crowd work that's out there now that seems to just sort of be like forced a little bit where sure. people go like, who are you here with? And the answer is like, my mom. And the comic's like, What? your mom and then it's like comedian destroys mother and it's like no no you didn't yeah you know yeah don't touch mom come on don't touch mom but anyway yeah, yeah no the you know take my wife please is still pretty hack okay. so whoa 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 don't touch mom i have to say that's not all that's not 100 percent. just i like moms that was going to be the name of my special yeah i like moms or we don't touch mom don't, don't, oh, no, don't no. touch mom or was the name of your special going to be white shrek yeah white shrek yeah that was gonna be the name of it i uh yeah i i i I saw a picture of uh shrek one day with a buddy of mine and he goes he kind of looks like you and i was like oh shit it's true and i just stared at it and it was one of those things where like you know in the cartoons where like the face looks at the reflection of another face and it almost lines up perfectly I was like, damn, I do. We do look a lot alike. And I was able to laugh at it where I don't know, a couple of years ago, I don't think I would have been able to laugh at it. So I was like, yeah, white Shrek. That's pretty fun. You yeah, know? that's but, fun. Uh, yeah. But then you have to worry about DreamWorks and all that. You know? Yeah, that's exactly. Messy. So if Shrek is ever done with humans, uh, maybe I'll have a I'll be in the running. Hey, there gig. you go. But you got to do 10 minutes on that just alone. You can think of that, White Shrek. I mean, that's a good... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a joke in the special is that, oh, you know, oh, I okay. used to have... Yeah, I used to have fitness goals. Now I just don't want to look like White Shrek. But <laughs> there you go. It's slowly happening, friends. It'll happen to the best of us. <laughs> don't worry about it. So are we ready for our top five five-letter word song titles? Never been readier. One more thing, Greg. I have a brand new world-famous Othriel game, but... It's a little different than my normal shenanigans because you don't have to do a dang thing this week. Perfect. I came up with this game after putting my list together, so I swear I did not fix the game because I'm going to play two for the first time. So we are going to play Scrabble with our song titles, and your number five through number three, you get just straight up scores. Number two, you get a double word score. Number one, you get a triple word score. I can't even spell Scrabble. I'm already going to lose. I'll just be the... I'll tabulate it all. Okay. Oh my I got God. this. I got this. Okay. I guess I'll go first. Mike, you're the meat in the middle. Brett, you want to pull up the rear? I will pull up the rear. Sounds great. Okay. Oh, oh so sorry. let's do this. Of course, we were talking episode 151, four letter words. This is episode 186, five letter words. So maybe, I don't know what's the uh, pattern there. So we have uh, maybe in the next... What is it? 35 episodes. We can go to seven letter words. Sure. Or maybe. six. Six comes after five, right? We got to ask Ricky Williams. He's the, the numerology type yeah, guy. No, Ricky Williams. I always liked him. He was like a banger of a player. And God, he was the uh, best. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he was at his top and uninjured, he was great. And then now he's so interesting to talk to or listen to. I never talked to him, but um, he says some pretty deep things and everyone just thinks he's some stoner, but. He's not just some stoner, smart dude. Real well, smart. he does have yeah. his Heisman, right? His H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N. You see what a clean liver you are? You can't even spell high. I think that's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> clean liver is like a double, uh, 
a double entendre. Like he definitely uh, has is. a clean liver because he's a clean liver. See, right. there you go. It, it's all intertwined. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Greg, you're number yes. five. My number five. Okay, this song is timeless, and uh, we can credit Trevor Horn. My number five song, pretty unique, and it just grabs you with both the instrumentals and the vocals, and as soon as you hear it, you know exactly the song, you know exactly the artist. Uh, at number five for me with my five-letter word song title, Seal with Crazy. But we're never gonna survive unless we get a little crazy. No, we're never gonna survive unless we are a little crazy. Isn't that five? Seal. That's five. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. You, the way you like just kind of like jiggled there, I was like, what? Did that I was not where I up? thought you were going. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Well, that's five. Uh, I've, I counted all of my song titles over and over so that I wouldn't ruin everything this week. And so crazy. It's got five letters in it, makes up a word, and uh, seal. That's number five for me. Okay. When you mentioned Trevor Horn, and the reason why I, why I shook in disbelief was not because you chose seal, but because as soon as you said Trevor Horn, and a five-letter word, I was thinking relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Well, maybe that's on the way. You never oh. know. Oh. Hmm. Well. See, um, I know that there's probably some songs that I missed, but I listened to every one of these songs all week and again this morning before we started recording this. And uh, yeah, I'm happy with my list, but I'm sure there's something that I'm going to forget or one of you two will have a great song. I'm going to go, damn. But that's just the way it goes. Well, all I got to say to that is... You got some some big letters in there, a 10 point Z, a four point Y. That's 19 points for you on that round. Yeah, I was never. I didn't like Scrabble. Good yeah. job. Yeah. All right. All right, Mike. What was fun about this was not only looking up the songs, but then looking up the dates. I like a date ranged uh, list because it makes you kind of pay more attention, you know? Yep. And uh, this one is towards the earlier side of our uh, era. I think it's a 1977. Josie, J-O-S-I-E, Steely Dan. Love that song. Love Steely Dan. Steely Dan has a very special place in my heart. That one in particular is a, a fun tune. So you are a fan of the Dan. Yes. When I was, a, I talked about this on, on an early episode of Comes a Time, but uh, one of the first times I took like a pretty good amount of LSD, um, <laughs> I took it with a friend of mine at an apartment that I was living in, like right after high school. And he said he had to go home. And I was like, you can't leave. Like, I can't go through this myself. And he handed me a Xanax and the Steely Dan box set. And he was like, take this and listen to this and you'll be fine. And I literally took that and listened to that. And me and Steely, like Steely Dan was like somehow like, <laughs> it's like a warm blanket. And it just imprinted on my heart and soul. And now every time I hear them, I just feel good. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. It went directly into my subconscious. She's the So it rewired your brain with that, I, I would say, a weighted blanket. So you felt yes. safe and secure. Yeah. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Well, now I know what I need to do to get into Steely Dan. Yes, LSD. 
And the Xanax. I'm the guy who has every single Steely Dan album, and I'm not a fan, but I mean, there are moments that I really love. Some of it is just, you know, a little too smarmy for me. Yeah, yeah. Frank Zappa called it downer surrealism. Well, that is great. And 12 points for you on that one, Mike. Whoa, thank you. So I am going to start with the five-letter word swamp because I'm still riding high, not on LSD, but after seeing the stunning restoration of Talking Heads Stop Making Sense in the theaters this week. Now, I hadn't seen the whole thing since I was a teenager and it was on VHS. And I got to say, if you have a chance to see Stop Making Sense while it's still in the theaters, please do so. And if you don't walk out of the theater with the conviction that Talking Heads were one of the greatest bands there ever was, I think you're dead inside. It's really that good, and they were that good. The musicianship is just off the charts with that expanded lineup. So they had Bernie Worrell, Alex Weir, Steve Scales, and two backing singers, Edna Holt and Lynn Mabry. It's just phenomenal. And the showmanship, this ain't no CBGB indeed. The way it builds from the beginning where you just have David Byrne come out with his acoustic guitar doing Psycho Killer, and then track by track, they build the band up and then you have like the syncopated dance moves and David Byrne running all over the stage and of course the iconic giant suit it's sublime but anyway that's my plug for stop making sense but back to swamp which features in the movie and in its original studio version kicked off side two on stop making sense it's a great track either way live version studio version it's brittle but funky it's synthetic but dirty And you have David Byrne almost growling like an old Delta bluesman about the devil's big plan to destroy the world, basically. There's all this talk of splitting atoms, everyone wanting to explode, and, you know, he goes, click, click, see you later. So I reckon that it may be somewhat allegorical about uh, Reagan-era Cold War shenanigans. So wake up, young lovers, my number five swamp by talking heads which uh gives me 12 points as well all right i was just looking up times when i can go see that movie because everyone who listens to this podcast knows i'm not a huge talking heads fan i'm not an enemy or i don't think that they're terrible but i just don't get it you know what i mean there's some great songs but i want to go see the movie now and maybe i will you will walk out of there with a newfound respect i guarantee it i'm sure that i will Plus, okay. there's a really cool little Tom Tom Club section where they do Genius of Love. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. Tom Tom yeah. Club, I love, love them. I love both of those bands, and I, uh, I, I'm happy to hear that they're talking again and uh, mm-hmm. maybe going to hit the road because that would be, a, that's a band I really would love to see live. Me too. Me too. All right. All right, Gregory, number four. Number four. Well, my number four, Brett, this song would never appear on your list. Never, I'm ever. I'm ever. still alive. Not that one. No, oh, it's not. no, okay. it's not that one. It's kind of a Homer pick for me in a way. Um, but the baseline when it starts, it's just beefy, moist goodness. Mm. The band is unique and emotional. And Maynard, he's got his winery in northern Arizona. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Tool and Sober from 1993. Recorded in 91, but they sat on it. And uh, Brett, I'm sure that you will not be picking Sober on your list. 
How did, you, how did you guess that? I don't know. Just uh, hanging out with you for 186 episodes. Uh, I know that when you were armor larve, uh, that song did make my list. I guess it could be an honorable mention. Oh, it is five right. letters, but sober, I figured I'd get more, uh, you know, love and more points with our Scrabble game. Well, you only get seven points for it in the Scrabble game. So sorry. Oh, okay. Well, well, Alive would have been better. But uh, it's not it a better song to me, at least on, on my list. It's a I don't song. know sober, so I can't judge one way or the other. It's emotional rawness. Making every promise empty. Pointing every finger at me. Waiting like a stalking butler. Who upon the finger rest. Murder now the pattern must we. Just because the sun is come. Jesus! It was one of Tool's better known early songs. I think still it would probably be if you list if you mentioned Tool to your casual listener, I would say that Sober may be one of the first songs that they would I think it's it's the most well known, right? Okay. Would you say? Yeah. No, I would huh. say yeah, definitely. And then yeah, that remember because everyone remembers the video from MTV, the stop motion video. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that was like big back in the nineties. All right. Well, you know how many uh, how many Tool songs I can now name after that? One. Probably one, Sober? Yeah, just one, Sober. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, figure. Well, then you know what? I'll shift my order around a little bit and piggyback off that, and I went with Triad, T-R... Oh, wait, is that six letters? No, five. That's Triad, five, yeah. T-R-I-A-D from Tool. It's, um... I had that, and, uh... <laughs> you know what's funny now that I know we're playing Scrabble? They have a song that's, uh, spelled... It's enema, but it's A-E is one letter. Right, right. So I wasn't sure how to uh, count that. There's no Scrabble tile for that. Why? Well, yeah, so that's why I'll go with Triad. But um, I love Tool. I um, saw them live once, and I'm going to go see them again this tour in Philly. It was one of the most captivating, all senses on fire experience. Um, the guitar player... Works. So we had Alex and Allison Gray on our podcast, very psychedelic artists of their, in their own right. And Tool works with them, and they uh, create all the album covers and stuff. Oh, wow. And he takes all their art and does these amazing stop motion and very, like, trippy uh, artwork in the back. So it's a visual thing. Maynard's always hiding behind the drums. I'm a big fan of percussion, so watching... Their drummer's just a beast. I mean, it's it's just such a great show. I like Tool quite a bit. And Triad is uh, a great tune. Deeper cut, but uh, great. You know two Tool songs. Right on. I know two Tool songs. Yeah, now, this has been very, very educational for me. Thank awesome. you, guys. Brad, Thank you. We are, you are growing exponentially today. That's awesome. I really am. Well, since you guys both picked Tool for your number four, why don't I not make it three? There you go. All right. So my number four is by an alternative music legend in the Spanish-speaking world, the Mexican-born, Spanish-raised enigma known as Alaska who is a singer who has equally excelled at goth punk, post-punk glam, and synth pop over her 45-plus year career. 
She's also known as the mistress of La Nueva Ola or the Mexican Acid Queen. And for lack of a less lazy comparison, she's like the Latin equivalent of Susie Sue. Her work with punk band Caca Deluxe, Alaska Idinarama, Ifangoria is well worth checking out. Sorry for the poor Spanglish. But where I'm stopping today is her work with the band Alaska y Los Pegamoides and their 1982 song Volar. For those who don't speak a lick of Espanol, and you know, I guess I barely do after listening to all that, the title is the verb to fly. And this is a beautiful melodic post-punk tune that's an extremely dark suicide fantasy when you read the lyrics, kind of similar in theme to the song Hyper Ballad by York, where she imagines going off onto the edge of the cliff and jumping off. So the English translation of the song goes, I look down and I can't help it. An open window and I want to throw myself. A cliff and I only think about jumping because I only know that I want to fly. See the ground getting closer and closer to fall quickly and without looking, counting the seconds until you arrive. A perfect suicide, a great ending. What I want is to fly. Wow. So it's a Christmas song. Yeah. I mean, gather around the Yule log, kids. <laughs> but uh, but it's also, you know, pretty heavy and depressing, much like my paltry Scrabble score of eight. Wow. Yeah, so that's now, heavy, dude. Which one yeah. is she? Because I'm looking at this band. I Googled it. Yeah, this is like my type of woman. She's probably yeah. out of her mind, probably has a felony. And I'm sure that like you're making love to her, calling her a different woman's name. You'd have to hold on and just think when you're going to get killed. She's hot. and I like her a lot. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> She's cool. She's a great artist. Very good. Neat. That's cool. Thank you. That's, I like to learn about new stuff. That's very new to me. Well, you're going to teach us a lot. Yeah. Brett's always got Brett weird or something good, but it's always yeah. awesome. It's always like you're like, wow, I go for the soft pitch. Likewise, you you guys teach me about Tool. So, yeah. You know. So name those three songs or the two songs once again. Uh, triad and Sober. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to come back in just a minute with our top five five letter word song titles. So far, the list, Mike and I, we have a similar band, not the same song. And uh, Brett will never have Tool on any of his list unless it's the songs that I most hate. And then maybe, maybe. One of our friends of the show, Julio, down in Mexico, I know he's a big Tool fan. Are they the ones that do the song Stink Fist? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. he says that that is the greatest love song ever written. And I'm like, <laughs> it is. You know, see, Brett, you're a clean liver. You never had a Stink I like Fist? Him. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can't like imagine. I mean, I'm a songwriter of a very little renown, I know, but I'm a songwriter. When I'm sitting down to write a love song, Stink Fist is not the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, it's it's so unassuming, I guess, if it is a love song. I've never heard the song that uh, that it's brilliant. I think that now, you know, in the short time I've known you and that you just read those lyrics, I think that you would appreciate Tool as they're they're extremely gifted musicians and songwriters and it's kind of one of those things like listen i'm not like the biggest metal head yeah and tool is very not it's psychedelic progressive metal i'd say okay and um 
they're just so unbelievably talented that even if you don't love them, you appreciate their craftsmanship and their writing. So I think that you would, if even if you just read the lyrics and didn't listen to the songs, I think you would appreciate it. I'll read it as poetry because I'm going to get off this podcast. And I'm going to listen to Herman's Hermits and Carly Rae Jepsen. So there you have it. <laughs> oh, boy. That's just like Tool, though. I think yeah. that's the, some of the inspiration that Maynard gets for when before he writes, he listens to Carly Rae and is like, oh, that's totally it. I'm now in the zone. Uh, <laughs> he should. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it could happen. All right. We'll be back in just a minute to continue our list with our third top five five letter word song title coming up after this. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Jenkins, uh, singer and guitarist of Cambridge band The New Falls. Uh, you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. We are back. Thank you for sticking around. It's the Only Three Lads podcast. Don't forget, please, when you see us post anything on Facebook, on Instagram, on X. Twitter. X. On formerly. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tired of this. Every time the news or anybody X, formerly known as Twitter, if you don't figure that out by now, kill yourself. Okay? I don't need to hear that on every newscast. Well, on X, formerly known as Twitter. It's like they all say it. it's like a bunch of parrots. I don't know. I when you when I said X. Sorry. Okay, I'll get back on. To don't actually kill yourself. Yeah, that's a PSA from only three lads. Yeah, but but if yeah. you could jump and please serious. land flat on your back so that you'll knock the wind out of you, is that a little bit less so that you'll stop saying that? I would feel a little less liable. Well, yeah. Well, have you ever knocked? When was the last time you knocked the wind out of yourself, Mike? A while ago, but I remember the first time I did it, and it was yeah. terrifying. Uh, and and it, it's not something, yeah, I wouldn't be able to say X or Twitter. So I think it would work. There you go. I ran into a, a tree stump playing Ooh. football in the backyard. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's going to take a lot of Steely Dan to get you over that. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Not a lot of tool, though. Yeah. Well, I remember the first time I knocked the wind out of myself, too. And it's like it's like one of those things, like the first, you know, 
person you have sex with, you always remember their name. The first person you see their, um, their, their uh, lethal injection, you remember their name. And then again, first time I knocked the wind out of myself, I was swinging and on like a, it was like a T bar for like a clothesline. And I, my hand slipped and bang. And you're right. You don't know what's going on. All as you know is that you're dying and yeah. it's not a good feeling. You know what does make you feel good, Greg? What? The fact that two rounds in and you are up 26 points. I have 20. Mike has 18 in this game of 0-3-L Scrabble. Well, here is my number three. Let's see uh, if you guys can catch up to my Scrabble game that we didn't even know that Brett came up with, which is fun. I thought I would have to work, but you're right. I don't have to do anything. No. And I'm winning. So that's awesome. All right. Well, you do have a fun job on Impractical Jokers. Tell us about that experience and what are some of your favorite pranks you've ever taken part of on that show? Oh, God. We're closing out the second half of season 10. Nice. Um, I've been with the show since season five. And for the first year and a half, I was a comedy producer. And basically what that meant is, you know, let's say Carvel wanted to work with us. What we would do is brainstorm games that the guys could play. Like, you know, can they be servers? Can they be custodians? Can they be customers? Could they be, you know, a policeman that walks in or whatever? And we brainstorm ideas and kick them to them. And if they like them, they take it and run with it. And then we also helped with punishments. We helped come up with punishments, which is my favorite part of the show. I'd have to say that like when I was doing that, my favorite bit that I was involved with was um, there was a challenge called bad reception where uh, the guys are just receptionists at a focus group and they just ask someone to sit in the waiting room and chill out till their turn. And it's one on one. And uh, it was Joe's turn. And I gave him my, I used to sit on this blue exercise ball in the uh, writer's room. Yeah, good for the core. And everybody used to make fun of me for it. So I brought it to set, Bluey the blue ball. And I brought (laughs) Bluey with me and I said, you guys should have Joe sit on the ball. And I gave it to Q and he said, Joe, there's a blue exercise ball, sit on it. And Joe couldn't sit on it. So he like fell over and knocked the sandwich out of the garbage and ate the sandwich. And it was just like... One of the most hysterical things I've ever seen. And I was just so proud of my blue ball. Testicular cancer people really would enjoy the blue ball. It popped so. that day. So <laughs> that was the last day uh, I had with Bluey, but he went out in a blaze of glory. Rest in peace, Bluey. And then I'd say one of the other fun ones was uh, my idea originally was to have Murr dressed as a um, vampire and put him into a room in a haunted house and have kids go into the room and he would scare them. And then the third time the door opened, I wanted to release like thousands of bats into the room with him and then just shut the door and make him stay in there for 24 hours with the bats. <laughs> but the legal team wouldn't let us do that. Man. And I actually spent a whole day researching uh, lawyers, rabies free toothless bats, which guess what? There aren't any. Yeah. And uh, I called the Bronx Zoo and I asked about toothless bats and they were like, please stop calling us. <laughs> But instead, what we did was had him join a, a choir, like a gospel choir to sing holiday songs dressed like Dracula. So that was really fun, too. And I tour with the guys. I go open for them on the road. I've gotten to do like Radio City Music Hall and Bridgestone Arena in Nashville and the Wang Theater in Boston, like some of the most beautiful rooms, Nassau Coliseum. And since season six to now, I've been the uh, supervising producer of Inside Jokes, which is the show that has the little pop-up fact bubbles that 
come out of the bottom of the screen. So that's my show. And uh, I enjoy it because I like to sneak little music nuggets in there for the uh, people that are really paying attention. I'll throw some Grateful Dead lyrics in there every now and then, maybe a Zappa nod or, you know, some reference. And uh, people tend to get it every now and then. That leads us to your podcast, Comes a Time, which you do with O'Teal Burbridge. He's a musician who plays to packed arenas, right? Doing the Dead and Company yeah. shows in particular. But what I like about your show is that it's not solely a music podcast. It's not solely a comedy podcast. It touches on a lot of really unexpected and profound topics. Can you tell us about the pod and how you guys got to know each other and got started? Yeah, it's uh thank you. I appreciate it. I got to know O'Teal. I had a podcast called Amigos where I would just interview people in the music and comedy world because it's really the only things I cared about at the time. Yeah. I asked if I could interview O'Teal and we got hooked up and he was in New York and we did an interview. It was supposed to be a half hour and three hours later we're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> and uh, we were like, we should do something together. And But who has the time? And then enter the pandemic and we had all the time in the world. So everyone was home and we were able to interview whoever we wanted. We set out to do it. And, uh, you know, 150, 60 episodes later, it's taken on a life of its own where basically like we don't even plan what we're going to talk about. It just ends up going where it needs to go. And we don't really have a set agenda, but mental health has been a huge thing. Life on the road, um, you know, vulnerability, uh, influence and mentorship and inspiration and mess ups and we laughed throughout the, the, the chats and stuff, but also we kind of like we had Ricky Williams on this past week and yeah. uh, I played football pretty much most of my adolescent life into high school and uh, he's a hero of mine. And also, you know, he, he's a inspiration as it relates to like, you know, being open about having social anxiety and depression and anxiety and all that stuff. So um, it was really cool to talk with him about that. And he ended up doing like a astrology reading on me during the podcast like it was nuts people reach out and they're just like thank you so much for the interview that the talk and stuff like that i've been very open with them about on the podcast about my battles with like anxiety and depression and stuff like that what's worked what hasn't just because i feel like you know if it can help one person then it's worth it to be vulnerable and open mm-hmm. you know it's been a blast and it's amazing like we hang up with our guest and we're like well that was my favorite episode and then the next week we go, well, that was my favorite episode. So it keeps getting better. And uh, I'm honored to do it with O'Teal. He's a great dude and a good friend. And uh, and an incredible musician. Yeah, that too. <laughs> well, it's funny because like he turns to stand up on the road when he's needs a break from music. And I'm listening to music constantly. So it's it's interesting, you know. It's a cool we, partnership. Yeah, it really is. And I appreciate you uh, mentioning it. And yeah, thank sure. you for listening. Yeah. So you said that you played football throughout high school and stuff. Were you, if you look like white Shrek, were you on the right or left side of the O-line? Oh man. You know what? Back then I didn't look like white Shrek. Oh, yeah. Back then I was um, a long haired, slender, agile fullback slash fullback, middle linebacker mm. slash wide receiver. We didn't have a lot of players. So everybody kind of had to play every position. So, yeah, 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 offense and defense position. We did. It was the same one of those thing. like you never left the field kind of schools. Yeah, well, good. That's why you were so thin because you were going you're right. both. I you're think going maybe both I need ways. to go back to high school. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. My one year of playing football, I was a fifth quarter player 
as they called us. We were the ones. They actually had a fifth quarter for all the losers that really didn't get a lot of playing time during the regular four quarters of the game. So we had a fifth quarter where we would all go in and play. California. Ooh. Gosh. Jeez. Just to add insult to injury here, I only played football for one year. I was a baseball guy. Me too. I like baseball better. Our team lost every single game. Actually, my school's team, uh, at least boys sports, lost every single game in every single sport that year. And I was still a fifth quarter football player. Gadzooks. I know. Gadzooks indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to the latest episode of Comes a Time with Ricky Williams. You mentioned a music league that was something like a fantasy football league, but for music. I want to know about that because I'm really intrigued. I am so glad you asked because let me tell you, the developer of the app reached out to me about we may be doing something together, but there is an app called Music League. That's what it's called. You download Hmm. it and it's literally the greatest thing that I've, it's changed my life for, well, if you ask my wife, it's bad. Because well, I get pissed off. I think off Brett when- just fell in love. I can see his face. He's oh, like, music I'm so league, excited right, right now. Yeah. So check it out. Here's what it is. And I'm actually super stoked to tell you guys because I know you'd appreciate it because I really appreciated this challenge for this podcast because, it, you know, it makes you dive deep. But what Music League is, is pretty much like you and a group of people are in a league, like a fantasy league. Pretty much what you do is you give a theme. Songs about revolution, songs about joy. You know, you're making a new soundtrack for an Andy Warhol documentary. Um, pick your songs. And what we do is we have a WhatsApp that we kind of have like a chat group in. And you go in, it's links to Spotify, and you pick your songs and you make your playlist and then you submit your selections. Okay. And they're anonymous selections. And then once everybody selects, it generates a playlist for you and it says, you know, this week's playlist is now available. You click it, you listen to the playlist and you vote for the songs that you think are the best songs for that theme. Mm. And the votes, they tabulate. And at the end of the week, it says, here's your totals. And it lays out like who voted for which songs and you could comment on them and you could do It's so fun for like the people who can't get enough of music. It's the greatest invention of all time. I love it so much. But I will tell you, I would be like at dinner with my wife and the results would come in and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, this song didn't get more votes. And she's just like, can we just enjoy our date and have fun? And I'm like, babe, listen to this song and tell me how you don't think that this represents like, and she's like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's a great thing. And uh, if you got a good group of guys, you know, and gals, man, it go, I mean, it's just so fun. And we have wow. rules like you can't repeat songs. You got to dig deep, like go a level deep. You know, okay. our theme this week is about revolutions and, and about like, you know, uh, overthrow and stuff like that. And the rule was like no rage against the machine because that's just okay. a tad too easy sure. for that. So you go a level deeper and then you pick your three tunes. You could go in and make changes up until like you hit the deadline, which is like for us, it's on Tuesdays. And then we have till Saturday to listen and vote. It's so fun. Oh, I am so in. Brett's in already. He's downloading it as we speak. We should start a Pantheon Music League. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, uh, my number three song, another song with a badass bass line. You know how I love the bass. 
Mike, you like drums, percussion, and the whole rhythm section? That's where I'm at, too. Um, Sweet. And, you know, we all had this T-shirt back in 1984. Our parents didn't really have no idea what this song meant. And you're right, Trevor Horn, here it is. Frankie Goes to Hollywood with Relax. One of my favorite songs that's been around for a long, long time. It's a and, good song. Yeah. And just think our parents had no idea what they were talking about. Sorry for the premature spoiler alert, but that does get you 12 points because you have that nice X in there. Speaking right. of X and Twitter. No, formerly known as Twitter. Rela Twitter. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stupid. All right, Mike. Okay. My third pick is Buddy, B-U-D-D-Y, by De La Soul. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Sorry. I love De La Soul. You know, they were fairly alternative in the rap game and in their time, you know, when everybody was kind of, uh, there was a lot of violence and sex and De La was kind of the antithesis, I guess, of that. And yep. uh, I love them. It opened me up to so much incredible hip hop. And I learned a lot about music through hip hop because you hear a sample that you like and you don't, you know, we didn't have Google or Shazam. So you kind of had to, they were like little puzzles to solve. Jimbrowski must wear a cap just in case the young girl likes to clap. Aim for the wind, but before I begin, I'll initiate the buddy with a slap. For the next, I'm the cute. Like that's what hip hop was to me. It was like a puzzle book where like you hear a funky beat or something and you're like, what the hell is this? And then you just keep your ears open for it, you know? And they were full of amazing, you know, samples and stuff. And uh, luckily I was able to see them live a couple times. Cool. And this is just one of my favorites of their tunes. Remember Third Base? They were out yeah. at that same time. They were great too. I really liked their stuff that they put out. Tribe, De La, Jungle Brothers, like the whole New York thing I was kind of a big fan of. Native Tongues. Native Tongues, yeah. Love all of it. That's a great pick. I'm a huge De La fan. Buddy may not be one of my favorite tracks off of Three Feet High and Rising, but as far as just like a posse track, you can't yeah. get much better than that, right? Because you have Q-Tip, you have Fife Dog, you have Jungle Brothers on there, you have uh, Moni Love, you have Queen Latifah. I'm probably yep. missing somebody on there. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and it's hard, you know, when you have... There's a million four, six, seven, eight, nine letter songs, <laughs> you know, that you can't pick for this. Yep. And I'm like, I got to throw a De La on there because they're one of my favorites. So well done. Thank you. I came up with about 60 songs on my list of contenders, and I don't know why I didn't even think of Buddy. <laughs> I I was even like, go, do I put like De La Soul's like intro on there from hilarious? Uh... <laughs> I almost did. I almost did put that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious that you said oh, that. Yeah, because funny. I was thinking, do I do intro or am I going to get my balls broken? Yeah. We don't we don't break balls on this uh, podcast. We do have a buzzard, but it's not used. It's used very lightly. Yeah. I mean, it just depends. It's out of love. Yes. Right. Yeah, totally. Buzzer of love. Yeah, it's it's not so much a break as like a loving twist, hmm? shall we say. I like that. Isn't that a medical condition? Like a reach around with like a little like squeeze. You know, you went way too deep there, man. <laughs> 
I do. <laughs> All right. Well, the good news is, is that Buddy gets you 12 points. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, my number three now for something uh, completely off the wall here. It comes off of an album that was kind of a recent discovery for me just in the last year or so when the Mesh Key record label lovingly reissued with a reach around the 1979 self-titled debut album from Japanese art punk band Aunt Sally. Yeah, of course, Aunt Sally. So this band was a springboard for avant-garde singer Few, who made a name for herself in experimental music circles. And the track I'm going with for this five-letter word is Essay. Now, here's the thing. I could give you the translation for Volar by Alaska y los Pegamoides, but I can't do the same for Essay. I don't read Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. The song title is actually spelled in English, E-S-S-A-Y. And apparently, essay in English translates into essay in Japanese. So there you go. So who knows? The band Aunt Sally was in college when this album was recorded. So maybe it was actually about having to write an essay for school. I don't know. But instead, I'll just dig the sound which rides along on this really cool, minimalist, slinky groove. And it only gets me a measly eight points. So anyway, that's my number three, S.A. by Aunt Sally. Japanese artists are a lot of fun because they're like, when they're crazy, they're super crazy. Like my favorite Japanese artist. Yes, Yoko. Yes. Okay, Mike, what do you think of Yoko Ono? Go. Oh, boy. There you go. Then he said it all. You'll come around, Mike. You'll come around, right? (laughs) No, I don't have a... I'm going to plead ignorance because I don't know enough about her. I love John Lennon. Okay. <laughs> I love the Beatles. I love th- th- her children, especially uh, I've been really digging the Claypool Lennon delirium. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but I don't, I've, I don't know. I don't know enough. So I'm going to plead ignorance. I'm not going to hate her just because it's cool too. Oh yeah. No, I don't hate her. I mean, and, and, but it's just, I don't know. It's that music is birth control to me. I don't know what it is. It's like she does a great cover of Stink Fist. Yeah, maybe she oh, does. Well, I'd love I'm to in. hear that. I would totally. I I'm mean, in. if she can do that, I would totally listen to it to see what I. I thought, wouldn't put but, it past Yoko. Uh, she'd be see. She would do like I don't know if she would do like a, a version of Stink Fist, but maybe she could like scream like if she was getting a Stink Fist, and maybe that would be her version of Stink Fist. There are a few better screamers in uh, rock history. Well, she's influenced a lot of people that I like. So, yes, I'm trying to come around, Brett, All trying right. to. All right. Well, at number two for me, I remember when this artist came out, I remember being at Alternative Radio and we're getting this very first single of this artist and the uh, the uh, record guys were really trying to push it. And we thought, wow, one hit wonder. But what a great one hit. Everyone was wrong who thought this person was going to be a one hit wonder. But when a song starts with, in the times of chimpanzees, I was a monkey, and then get crazy with the cheese whiz. I mean, I don't know how many points I'm going to get for this. I don't care if I even lose the game, but I got to get back on here with Loser. What a great song. Sleep on the love seat. Someone came saying, I'm insane. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna second that uh, emotion. I love Beck, and uh, so thrilled I got to see him live early on. Toad's Place in New Haven, Connecticut. Very small little rock club, and it was right around that time I was young in high school. And uh, I love everything he's done, and yeah. I like that he changes. He's like a chameleon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that album's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Mellow Gold. Yep, 1994 that came out. Yeah, we're going on the 30-year anniversary. I remember One Foot in the Grave was another one that that was right Mm -hmm. before it. That was just him and an acoustic, I think. Yep, uh, very folky. Yes. On K Records. Great pick. Yeah, really great pick. What's the catalog number for that? K Records. Uh, That would be K728-4. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. See, Mike, uh, Brett knows, like, catalog numbers. You know, like, we love music. Most people love music. Uh, Brett, he's like that. He's that one rung up on the ladder where he's like. I like, like Minutia. Yeah. Or I just make something up and hope that Greg believes me. Oh, I'll totally buy it. Yeah. Cause, yeah. But, you know, I could even, like, fact check. And then you're right. So, you know. Now, I wouldn't be right in this case. No, I didn't think so. I could tell the no. facetious type of uh, tone you had when you were doing it. But you know what I am right on? That would only get you five points normally, but because it's your number two, you get a double word score for it, so you get ten points. Woohoo! All there right. Dang. This is where the big points happen. All right. It's near All the right. end of the game. Yeah, we, we are All getting right. near the end of the game. Mike, you're number two. My number two is a song called Stash, S-T-A-S-H, by the band Fish, P-H-I-S-H. I know people love them or hate them. I don't care. I love them. Spent most of my life following them around. Stash happens to be one of my favorite songs of theirs. Again, it's like kind of, you got to get Beck on there. I had to get Fish on there because, again, I took the alternative thing very seriously. And uh, they're alternative. Stash is a good one. Now, I know you have a, I was going to call it a skit, but uh, a routine? A joke? A joke? A joke? Yeah, that's a what bit? it is. A bit is a what bit. they call it. Thank there you. you that, that was actually the word I was looking for. You have a bit about how many times you've seen fish. How many times have you seen fish? I don't know, uh, but it's somewhere near 250 times. Crazy. Uh, 230, wow. 240, something around there. You know, when I was a kid, they played New England very heavy and you could go see 20, 25 shows a year and not really, wasn't that difficult. (laughs) You know, I mean, you go see three night run in Worcester, four night run here, two night run there, whatever, you know, in the summer you hit the road. I spent a couple of years doing parts of a fall tour, like 10, 12 shows in a row. Started seeing them when I was 15 and now I'm 45 four in a couple of weeks and I still see them. So, okay, Mike, I have, I have this question. I, how, how did you afford your rock and roll lifestyle and the LSD Selling drugs in oh, the parking so, lot? Well, there you go. Okay. Hey, that's if, very if lucrative. I need, if I need to answer quickly and honestly, <laughs> no, I mean, that's big business at fish shows. And it was an LSD. No, uh, no, no, no. I never, no, nothing like that. Oh. Um, but no, it was, I think that's probably still incriminating if I was to say yes to that, but, uh, no, mainly weed, but you know what else too? It was like, I mean, what I did was I, worked my butt off. I've always had jobs and I, you know, landscaping and 
working at a pizza place or a car wash or whatever, and I just socked money away, we'd eat off the dollar menu, <laughs> and then just save up and go to fish. And you know, I had a buddy whose dad owned a place and that had like delivery, like for uh, cigarettes and lighters and candy and all that. And he would just give me cartons of cigarettes, and I'd go sell them in the parking lot. And all I had to do was bring him back some uh, some party favors and treats and stuff. So, uh, if you know what I mean. Cool yeah. dad. And, uh, he was cool dad. Wink, yeah, wink. he was a good dude. So basically, uh, you know, you just made it happen. We didn't live in luxury. We slept in the back of a car. Now I like to go. I mean, I were I, I'm doing stand up while I, you know, I can't go to fish concerts like I used to because of stand up and because of my marriage. <laughs> so I mean, I don't want to go like I used to. And also, tickets were 15 bucks when I started right. going to see them, not 160. You know, so I try to catch them when I can. Uh, they're going to be doing four nights at the garden. I'll go to two of them. And it's to me, I was explaining the other day to some friends. It's like I stay in touch with people that I never would have stayed in touch with otherwise. And, and I've kept friends since high school because of them. So I'm very grateful for the experience. Yeah. Well, I really admire that about the people who are so passionate about fish or they you know, were about the Grateful Dead or I guess now Dead and Company. You still have the, the, the legions of people that will follow them on tour as much as I love music and as many artists as I'm passionate about I don't know if there's any artists maybe Paul McCartney but I'd have to spend you know 300 bucks a ticket to do it so it's kind of cost prohibitive I've regretted missing a lot of things because of fish I don't think I saw a lot of other music when I was heavy into my like for me there was only one for a long time sure you know and that was very narrow-minded and whatever but uh now I'm going to see, you know, just this year alone, I went to a lot of different, you know, I saw Metallica at Giant Stadium. I saw Bruce Springsteen Ooh. at Giant Stadium. I went to see The Shins at Radio City. Nice. You know, just going to things that Ray LaMontagne a couple weeks ago, just just anything that I can see, I'll go to now. And again, I'll go see Fish every now and then, but they, for me, really kind of scratched that like fear of missing out, collect all items thing where yeah. you know they would they, they have their rarities they have their once every couple years songs they play and you don't want to miss those songs and that's where they really have kind of like created a real market for themselves of like fear of missing out and it's yeah. it's wild because it's not a big deal <laughs> i don't know you know it's just that thing of this was my thing this was my dungeons and dragons this was my baseball cards or whatever, you know, I don't regret really anything about it. Cause I saw the world because of them, you know? Yeah. Got to travel the whole country as a kid and just see great stuff. So, Hey Mike, when you're making blue meth before you sell it at the fish show, um, <laughs> what is like, what ingredient has to go in first? Uh, coriander. There you go. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Coriander. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Well, that's the old family recipe. But... All right. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said cardamom. Oh, uh, well, you know, you're from your neck of the woods. I'm That's from mine. True. Yeah. I mean, we do things differently out here in California, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so my number two, when we had Archie Moore from Velocity Girl on a few weeks ago, he said something that resonated with me about the importance of beat happening on the indie scene in the late 80s. Slumberland was a record label formed by him and his buddies, one of the most legendary, influential indie pop labels ever. And he said that most of those bands that were on that label, they really just aspired and were inspired by beat happening, right? And it kind of makes perfect sense. 
The Olympia Washington trio was DIY to its core. Early on, they played very crudely with a simple lineup of two guitars, sometimes drums if they could borrow a kit, other times maracas or whatever. They were often off-tempo, off-key, and that was all a part of the magic. Plus, singer-songwriter Calvin Johnson had his own label, K Records, which we talked about, which not only served as the vehicle for beat happening, but yes, also Beck, Modest Mouse, Melvin's, Bikini Kill, Heavenly, Tiger Trap, Built to Spill. I'm thinking maybe there's a label spotlight sometime in the future there, Greg. Amen. To my five-letter word, which is noise, a track from their 1992 swan song and arguably their best LP, You Turn Me On. Calvin Johnson had this ongoing quest, as it is mine, and as a songwriter, and that's the elusive search for the perfect pop song. Although a lot of the band's detractors might actually be put off by Calvin Johnson's deadpan baritone vocal style. So with noise, you have a slice of perfect pop sung by the more mellifluous voice of drummer Heather Lewis. And I sense that there's a little bitterness at play here when she sings our love, there is no sound, it's only noise. But it also seems pretty fitting because this lovely song is a great piece of noisy indie pop. So that's number two for me, Noise by Beat Happening. That is my double word score for 10 points. That's not very good. Oh, by the way, Mike, yours was uh, 16 points. Oh, Dang. Good job there. That was, that was really fish good. always coming through for yeah, me. Fish came through for you once again. I think I'm uh, losing this by quite a bit. Learning a lot about new music through you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. definitely. This is what we do every week. Brett gives us homework, and then we go home and we check it out. You would love Music League. I am going to love Music League. Yes. Believe me. We did a whole round one one time of just all non-English speaking songs. Oh, So yeah. we each had to pick three. So what's that? 14 people times three. I'm not good with math. What's that? Uh, 14 we times three. We aren't either. <laughs> uh, that would 40, be... 50 yeah. something. Sure. 52? 52. 52. 52 new songs of like, you know, it, it, it's great because... You end up like loving 10 of them and then you follow a little wormhole through the Spotify, like, uh, what do you call it? Make it, make a radio station based on this song. Thing. Yeah. You know what Brett's doing this afternoon? <laughs> starting a music league. <laughs> yeah. He's starting a music league. I'm going to, uh, cry in a corner and rock myself to sleep. And then I'm going to start playing music league. So now why do you have to rock yourself in the corner? What did you do last night? Well, I mean, other than my crushing defeat in the game of O3L Scrabble, but it's not crushing yet. You still have one more song. Yeah, possible. But as of right now, you're up 48 to Mike's 46 to my 38. Oh, look at that. Well, it all comes down to this. It all, yeah. it all comes down to this. So, so our very number one song of our top five, five letter word song titles. We're going to be doing that after this cliffhanger. This is Oliver Bewley from Current Rage, and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Once again, thank you to the O3L community. You're the reason why we're here and the reason for any success thus far that we've had. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for also caring about the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999 like us don't forget we are on a bunch of platforms so tell your friends but i don't stop there also please rate and review and subscribe yes rate and review mike do you have those problems a lot of people say we love your podcast and then they don't rate it and it just helps the algorithm a little bit the almighty algorithm is omnipotent and hungry so you folks need to help us give it little snacks little thumbs up little hearts little shares it looks favorably upon that so please listen yeah i can't tell you how many words i couldn't spell in that sentence that mike just said so there was a bunch so that's why i'm not good at scrabble like i'm like i need spell check i was never a good speller Hmm. could have fooled me you're winning yeah well i well that was just dumb luck but like even when i i used to write news mike and so thank god i had spell check but Mm. i'll just tell you that but i got better at it yeah way way better all right you ready for our number ones let's see who pulls this out All right. Well, my number one song is a song for all those people with social anxiety. And it's what's funny is I bet that Mike has that too. And so did I, but we're, we've both done standups. He's a good standup. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm nowhere near Mike's level. But what I'm saying though, is that like walking into a room, being at my high school reunion, you have that social anxiety walking in, knowing that everyone hates you, but it's really you just hating on yourself. And then you can go up in front of a crowd and do that but then you feel weird i don't know i have social anxiety i believe so this song connects with me it's deep it's raw punches you right in the sternum and it's my number one song radiohead creep when you were before couldn't look you in the eye you're just like an angel Skin makes me cry. Ah, I love that song. And uh, I was listening to it all week. I love everything about it. I remember when it first hit alternative radio, playing it every two and a half hours. But it was worth it. And uh, I still love the song. I love the band. I love what they did after they wrote that song. And they may hate it, but I love it. Period. As usual, yeah. I tried to predict yours, Greg, and I mm-hmm. only got two this week, Loser and Creep. Really? Yeah. What th- What were the other three songs that you thought I'd pick? I thought for sure you were going to have Smashing Pumpkins today. Mm. No. I mean, the Cars like the Magic. Mm, yeah, I like that song too. And then I was between either uh, Nirvana Breed or, did I say Pearl Jam already? Pearl Jam Alive. Breed would be a good one. Yeah, yeah see, that's, that's one that I didn't even think of. One. I think once, once, is that five? I, w- I would pick that one on for Pearl Jam before. No, that's four. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not a good speller, and I'm not a good counter. I, spelling was not your strong suit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, haven't I said that numerous times? So <laughs> quit busting my mm. balls, Brett. But with a triple word score, that gets you 27 points. So that 
Incidentally, I'm going to do some quick math here. Makes your total 75 points for the game, Greg. Good job. All right. 75. That's the score to beat right there. Well, first of all, great pick. Love Radiohead. I think Hail to the Thief might be one of the most underrated albums of, uh, I don't know, modern times. One of the greatest concerts I've ever seen. (laughs) See, here's the thing, guys. I had a couple of songs for this next pick. And I had them ready because I didn't want to repeat any bands that you guys picked. You know what I'm saying? And yep. now, but we already did that with Tool. So my pick is Blind Talking Heads. B-L-I-N-D. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and I can't not pick it because it's, I think the Talking Heads is one of the greatest bands of all time. And I think this song is so unique and such a complete song. It's got gospel type like feel to it. It's got some James Brown type funk to it. It's got great horns. It's got that off time talking heads like signature confusing riffs. <laughs> uh, David Burns just hitting the lyrics perfectly. And I love the words and I just love the song altogether. I think Blind is a uh, fantastic tune. was going to say otherwise because I definitely did take the alternative uh, thing very t- to heart. I was going to do Stand by R.E.M. Good Thanks too. I really felt like that was like, from what I remember as a little kid, it was like a song that I you knew the words immediately. I think it's the most sung along song <laughs> from, you know, my childhood or something, but uh, I can't deny Talking Heads and just to go back to that Radiohead thing, probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen was on the Monster REM tour. Radiohead opened mm. for uh, REM. And I mean, just start to finish. What a what a game changer of a show. I saw REM on that tour, but uh, we had Luscious Jackson, I think, opening. Oh. Which was cool, too. Which was yeah. cool, too. It wasn't Radiohead, but that was cool. Yeah. But anyway, that's my pick. All right. Good that's one. a great one. That was actually my original choice for talking heads and then when i saw stop making sense i'm like you know what i'm gonna throw a swamp on there you know what my backup talking heads pick was drugs that would have been a good a lot one of five too. letter they like the five letters yeah, they really do they, they really burn. do well that gets you 24 points with your triple word score your total score is 70 okay i'm proud of that yeah that's, that's a good showing first time so i mentioned that i had about 60 songs on my list i made a playlist my family, uh, we drove up to Malibu to go to a museum yesterday. It was quite a lovely day. And uh, listened to this playlist to and fro and uh, had a lot of fun with it. There is a few that I wanted to put on here. I thought about Pylons Crazy. Great track. Oh, God, God it's awesome. Yeah, that's the one Primitives I Crash. There's mm. another one. Yeah, great Suede one. Suede Trash. Mm-hmm. And then I seriously thought about just doing a mic drop. And I had this all worked out in my head as I was listening to the playlist and this song came on. I said, you know what? Number one, I'm just going to pick Faith by George Michael, drop the mic and walk <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> but I didn't. What about Limp Biscuit and Faith? Maybe that would. No, no, that no, would, okay. no, that would not happen. I will truncate 
stink fist down to five letters and have that on my list before I have any Limp Biscuit. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> but instead, I'm going with the jauntiest song to ever call for a lynching, and that would be the brilliant 1986 single, Panic by the Smiths. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Yes. See, I didn't even think of that one. Damn, that's awesome. Yes. Now I will drop the mic. So really, it's it's all about the state of modern pop music in 1986. It sounds like the golden age compared to what we have now in mainstream pop, but it was pretty dire in 1986. Legend has it that Johnny Marr, he was listening to the BBC and there is the horrific news story on Chernobyl that broke out. And then right after that, the DJs went into, coincidentally, I'm Your Man by Wham. So you get this juxtaposition of this horrific news with this really peppy pop song. Of course, you have the urging in the song to burn down the disco, which got Morrissey labeled as a racist, not for the last time in his career, I guess. Although the association of disco as a predominantly black cultural thing in other parts of the world doesn't necessarily translate to the UK, which actually prompted Morrissey to challenge his critics to show me all the black members of New Order. He he knew how to spark ire back then as well. But by the time of the rousing coda, hang the DJ, it's easy to get swept up in this almost celebratory joyous mantra. Although another PSA from the Only Three Lads podcast, please don't actually hang any blessed DJs. Panic, that's the Smith. that's nine points. Triple word score, 27 points. That makes me the big loser at 65 points. All right. Yeah. How about that? Hey, from 1986, also on my list, uh, Human from Human League almost made my, I'd like oh, that okay. song. Didn't, I don't know if didn't it's think about that one. Five. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, Candy from Iggy Pop could yeah, be an honorable mention. Up. And then, um, since I'm a K-pop creepy, um, Lalisa and Money, but that's not in the 03L era, but that made my list too. I was thinking about throwing in their uh, cream from Wu Tang Clan. Oh yeah, cash yeah. rules everything around me. Yep, but uh, I I decided that Buddy was going to be my hip hop choice for the list, and uh, Drive from REM was yep. going to be another one. Right one. Yeah, I like that video. Beautiful video. I like REM, and I don't have any problem saying it. I don't either. I have no problem with that either. I'm more of an early IRS REM fan, but I think most people are. I, yeah. I have nothing against anything they've done, except for maybe Around the Sun. Monster was a good album, too. Like, what's the frequency, Kenneth? I find myself listening to that a yeah, lot. Yeah, Crush really, with Eyeliner, yeah. Star 69. Like, uh, yeah, Strange Currencies is on that one. That's a fantastic album. You know, in high school, so I graduated, I'm, I'll be 44 in a few weeks. I graduated high school in 97, and I worked at Strawberries, the music ah. store. Yeah, okay. uh, I don't know if you guys had strawberries where you're we from. We didn't, but I am we had strawberries and coconuts. Those were the two music stores. I don't know why they were fruit named, but um, <laughs> I had a chain smoking manager who, the minute I got in, he would just go outside and literally smoke like a pack of cigarettes. So I had the store to myself, which meant I stole tons of CDs, <laughs> but I also listened to anything I wanted to, you know. Yeah. So I listened to so much alternative back then, and 
huge fit. Like got into, yeah, the early, early REM stuff, you know, um, the English beat, you know, the Iggy pop stuff like that, that a lot of my friends weren't into, but I, when I was at the music store, I treated this corporate music store like a, like an indie record shop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was fun, but I like REM. They, they're a big part of my, I, I think they're, you know, just incredibly unique and genuine. Totally. Now, could you relate to the high fidelity guys? Yeah. Unfortunately, a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it and I'm like, God, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> No, I just love music to the point of like, it makes no sense to other people, you know? Yeah. Music's the most important thing in the world, in my opinion. Like uh, people no, say, it. oh, comedy's so, you know, the, and I, I agree. I mean, I love it. It's my livelihood and what I'd like to do the most, but I leave music on in rooms. So when I come back to that room, like I come back to music, like yeah. I can't not have music on at all times. So we're your support group, Mike. Yeah. We understand. Well, thank you. I, I, and Kumbaya, this, motherfucker. We all this did the was same so thing. fun, man. This was a blast. You are now an official friend of the Only Three Lads podcast. Yes. And we Aww. welcome our friends back at any time. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And I, I, I you guys are amazing. And uh, let's for real get a little music league thing going. Sounds good to me. All right, let's go uh, back down our list, do a little recap, shall we? All right, so let's do the recap of the top five five-letter word song titles. At number five for me, Seal with Crazy. At number four, Tool Sober. At number three, Frankie Goes to Hollywood with Relax. At number two, Beck and Loser. But I won the Scrabble game, so. And uh, Radio Who's a loser Creed. now, huh? Number one. Just saying. Uh, damn it. I don't remember mine. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> have Steely Dan with Josie. Josie, Josie. Yep. Josie, yep. sorry. I can't. English is not a strong suit for me. It's okay. Mike. Then triad from Tool. Mm -hmm. Yep. Buddy De La Soul. Yep. Uh, Fish. Stash. Stash. And Blind Talking Heads. Great. And I have. Oh, what? Talking Heads. Swamp. I had talking Heads. Swamp. Thank you for taking notes, Greg. You're so You're good welcome. at this. I know. You should do this more often. Uh, Alaska y los Pegamoides Volar. Oh, that's right. Number three. Aunt Sally essay. Number two was beat happening noise. And number one was the Smith's panic. I'm so upset. I didn't think of the Smiths. God, I, can't I thought about I it for that you. one. I thought I about it for you. I know. But I'm glad we yeah. got that. Cause that is a great song. It, it really is a great song. I was trying but to, I think, went and, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough, but I'm like, how could I leave panic off the list? Yeah. Well, you couldn't. I think that that's definitely a great five letter word song. Um, I was went for my walk today listening to the Smiths and I, you know, what ran into a neighbor. I was listening to how soon is now. So I had to restart it when I was done talking with the yeah, neighbor. Like, Don't talk to me during the middle of a song. Yeah. dude. I'm like, this is the Smiths, man. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, in the game of Scrabble today, soy un perdedor. I yes. am a loser, baby. And I do kindly invite you to kill me. Oh no! Please See, don't, actually, yeah, don't yeah, no, yeah. We don't no. want. I, apparently, I said kill yourself, but don't kill Brett. I, I want to get to episode one eighty seven. Yeah, and we want to promote love and peace and uh, connection through music. Yes, and Buddy. We want to promote Buddy, Mike, as our esteemed third lad this week. We're gonna pick out the topic that we talk about next week at random, and we just need you to yell stop when you are ready for me to click the button. Okay, you got it. Stop. Top five destination songs. 
Mm. Oh, you guys are going to friggin' love Music League. Holy shit. Yeah, All right. we are. I love this. Songs that reference a specific destination. Do we want to just keep it to the title or title and or lyrics? I would say title and or lyrics because Let's the destination it. is very important, whether that be a place or a place with inside their soul. Ooh. You can go all over with this. Wow. You're going deep. Yeah. Well, I'm a very shallow person. I'm, I always say I'm the baby pool of the human experience, but right there, every once in a while, I go to the deep end. No. You pull out a plum every once in a while, Greg. <laughs> From where? I'll leave that alone. All right. Fill in the gaps. Mike, one last chance to plug yourself and where to find your goings on. Thank you guys so much for having me. The special Don't Let Me Down is currently available at 800pgm.com. That's 800 pound gorilla media. It's a pay what you want model. Uh, if you want to support the arts, if not, uh, you can wait until it comes out on YouTube and it's uh, youtube.com forward slash Mike Fenoya, M-I-K-E-F-I-N-O-I-A. My socials are all at Mike Fenoya, M-I-K-E-F-I-N-O-I-A. The podcast is Comes a Time with O'Teal Burbridge and Mike Fenoya uh, here on the Great Pantheon Podcast Network. You can get it anywhere you listen and it's video also on uh, our YouTube channel. We also have a Patreon for uh, anyone that wants extra and you can check out my stand-up dates at MikeFenoya.com. Thank you. Oh, and watch Impractical Jokers. There yes, you go. Watch yes. Impractical Jokers. Absolutely. And what was the name of the other show? I'm sorry. With the Jokers? Oh, Inside Jokes. Inside that's the jokes. one. Yeah, that's the little fact bubbles that pop up. If you turn on True TV, you'll see it. I promise. It's all oh, they show. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Tu eres un ganador in our books, Mike. You Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And on that note, we will wave hello and say goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.